0: This evening in the gospel, we have the Sadducees very anxious. I think the reason for their anxiety is they believe in a resurrected life. So very anxious, Lord, will I have the same wife in the next life? Will I be having the same car in heaven that I drive now? really want an upgrade. (laughs) So they're very anxious because they believe in resurrected life. Sometimes it can happen to us, you know. Sometimes we can project our dreams to a better life. In the next life, I will be a rich man or a rich woman. I grew up very strong uh, uh, background of Hinduism around me. My close neighbor is actually a Hindu, so they have this saying always: oh, you know, I will meet my grandfather next life. We will be merchants, uh, according to your caste." So sometimes we can project our dreams. A poor person can say, "Maybe in uh, next life I will be a rich person, or I will have a better job. Maybe I will have a beautiful husband or a beautiful wife." Well, let's uh, let's go deeper into the scripture. All through Bible there is a theme running around from the moment from the book of Genesis to Revelation there is a theme and that theme is this that God desires a union deeper union with his people we say the treasure of the church is is the poor the treasure of God is his people the treasure of God is his people. And there is a desire from the from the beginning of the uh, book of the Bible till the end we see the desire of God. There is a particular word that I really like in the Bible. It's called kauda. I think I have shared this be- with you before. Kauda. Now this word kauda is used Especially when there is a face-to-face conversation, when God have a face-to-face conversation with someone. So in Amos, he says, I'm going to have a secret, intimate conversation with you. And the word is used, kauda. Face-to-face conversation. Now, funny enough, the same word kauda also means recliner. That means you are on a recliner. You know, you come home from work, after a long day of work, you'll be just putting up your leg on a recliner with a beer in your hand and relaxing. So the word face-to-face contact with God, secret intimate relationship, is also a relationship of a recliner. And the same word is used when John the Apostles reclined on Jesus' breast. When I am face to face with God, he doesn't want an angry, demanding, condemning relationship. And already he said to John's Gospel, in God there is no condemnation because God is love. So what he wants is a face to face, relaxing conversation with God. So much so, this word is used when it says in Genesis, God walked with Adam. This word is used. When God spoke to Noah saying that I will not bring any any disaster upon the world, but I will make a covenant with you, this word is used. When he goes into the tent with Job, this word is used. In other words, when God had face-to-face conversation in the scripture, he wanted the other party to be at home and relaxed. Because he really wanted a face-to-face conversation deeper union with his people. There is another scripture always excites me is Psalm 139. In Psalm 139 it says Where can I go from your sight? Where can I flee? If I ascend to heaven you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol you are there. Now, if I ascend to heaven, and we know what is heaven, you know, heaven is joyful. You know, when I was growing up in a tropical country, I thought heaven is full of ice cream because it's very hot and humid. You know, growing up, children have many, many images of heaven full of apples. We've never seen apple in a tropical country, only papayas and pineapples. it can be different for another person so if i make my life like heaven look i feel like great my life is joyful i'm doing everything perfect things are falling into place i feel like heaven what god says i am there then the next sentence sami says if i make my burden sheol that means if i Shiol means hell if i make my life a hell That means I take my sleeping bag and says to God, I have nothing to do with you. Go to hell and say, Here I am, devil. The devil would say, Hell is full. If you want you can sleep in the backyard. (laughs) If I make my life hell, I make a choice that I don't want anything to do with God. I don't want to do anything with love or goodness. I am making my bed. I am making my bed in hell. Psalmist says, God is there. And what is the reason? He says, Why? He continued to say. For it was I who formed you, your inward parts. It was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. That is why Jeremiah said, A woman can forget his can a woman forget her child? Even if she forgets, I will not forget you. This is the desire of God to be in union with you. He wanted to have a kaudha, a face-to-face reclining relationship. He wants us, you and me, to recline on his chest. He will be with us when we feel like heaven. He will be with us when we feel like hell. Because how can a woman forget her child? Even when the child is not doing the great things. God treat us. God treat us as sons and daughters. That is why in heaven we will be like sons and daughters. In perfect union. And what has he left to understand? There is the eternity of union. And he left us this beautiful sign of Eucharist. If there is no Eucharist, I wouldn't believe necessarily in eternity. I wouldn't believe in a Trinitarian communion theology of the church. Why Eucharist is so integral to our life? Because in Eucharist we see union, the desire of God who comes into us all the time. He gathers everyone. Look at us. People from different colors and races. I met a girl in uh, Cape York, Waipa. She came down to uh, Cane's for a retreat. And then I met her sister. She gave me a number of her sister who lives in Canberra. And she's here tonight. See how many races we are here. So many people are gathered here from different nationalities. God gathers. And the first thing we do at this Mass is. Name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us acknowledge our sins. Because when God gathers, He wants us to know that we are in love. We are home. That is why we bless ourselves. Homecoming. No one is contempt. God is love. And when He gathers, He wants us to feel that we are loved. So, our way of making us feel that we are loved is acknowledging that God forgives. Some people say we start the mass with negative tone. No. God doesn't need our apology. But we need to remind us about his forgiveness. He gathers us. He welcomes us. And when he welcomes us, what does he do? He shares stories to us. Stories of life. Stories of mercy. Stories that challenges us. He reads it from us to us from his life. And when he shares the story, what does he do? He takes himself, he breaks it open and says, there is room inside of me, don't wait outside, come in. And then we have the communion. We receive fullness of communion with him. And when we have the communion with him, we can share with others. In other words say, we have a culture. Not the Indian culture. Not the Australian culture. Not the secular culture. We have a culture of Eucharist. We have a humanity. A humanity of Eucharist. Catholic Christians have the culture of Eucharist. That means we know how to gather. We know how to share stories. We know how to break. We know how to be in communion. Because... What we do every single Sunday or every day on this altar is school of love. We are learning how to love. How do we love? We have to gather. And when we have to gather, we have to forgive. If I need a face-to-face conversation with my fellow brother, I may have difficulties with my brothers in my house. But then I come into their presence with a forgiveness attitude. The moment there is a gathering. If I walk away, there is a brotherhood without me. So when, even if there is disparities and dissimilarities, I walk in with a presence of forgiveness. So there is a brotherhood. Then I will tell them my stories, how my day was. What did I do during the day? We sit together and share stories. Then when I share my story and break my heart and being vulnerable, their hearts also break. There is intimacy. The brothers pray for me, support me, congratulate me. And in that communion, I get the energy to do more. In that communion, I feel, yes, I can be a priest and a religious more than enough. That is in families too. The husband, when he finds that gathering ability, when he forgives, there is a presence for his wife and the children. And when they all sit together, then there is sharing because it is a gathering of forgiveness and mercy. When there is sharing, there is intimacy, there is vulnerability, and there is a deeper communion between husband and wife, father and son, mother and the daughter. There is the family. In that communion, there is service. There is loving one another. Why it all? It's all because of the Eucharist. If Eucharist hasn't changed us, 31 years I am. And maybe your ages are different. If Eucharist hasn't changed our culture, then what we celebrate is here is just ritual. This Eucharist has to mold us up. It has to create, it has to create a new human being a being a human person who believes in gathering a human person who shares a human person who desires communion so that he can love one another and our culture is the culture of eucharist and jesus said eternal passover he did not say eternal one on one catch up eternal Walking with me in heaven. He said eternal Passover. Which means this is going to happen in heaven. Eternal Passover. So Eucharist makes us think. That what we do in science here. One day we will experience. Face to face. Yes there is heaven. Yes there is union. And how do we go there? By learning how to love. How to share. From this place. But there is a challenge. The challenge is this. If you want to be people of Eucharistic culture, we have to break. Because the one thing that attacks or one thing that blocks being Eucharistic people is our self. Selfishness. We have to break. And in love there is pain. Without pain there is no love. You say you love, you don't feel the pain? You're not loving, you're rather loving yourself. I remember my mother got Parkinson, and she had two strokes. She got one side a bit paralyzed and plus, you know, less movements and I was very upset. You now I met her after three years and she comes home, comes to me like that and I said, oh mom, it was not like you when I left three years ago. You know, I said, look, if at all I have the gift of healing, first person you will be healed put my hands on her head, and she said, Bonnie, you can pray, but I am happy. I am offering this for your priestly ministry. When you love, you don't count the cost. When they love, it is painful. Sometimes you feel like loving a husband who is like a rock, insensitive, doesn't even say thank you, no emotions. A man only believes in facts, no fictions, no spices to his life. (laughs) He's not an Indian, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you may have a wife who just doesn't even care. Sometimes you think, I am pouring my life out for my children. I'm giving and giving and giving, and I'm getting tired. Well, love is giving, love is tiring love is breaking it open other than that otherwise a new life will not come out of it it is because Christ breaks every single time that we can enter into communion with him what if if Christ never broken himself what if Christ never walked up to this cross we will never have communion we will never have space in his heart we have a room in the Trinity why Trinity was broken open on the cross Father broke himself the spirit poured out himself Christ gave his life for the Father Trinity was broken so there are four people now there Father, Son and Holy Spirit and you and me That's Five Five <laughs> Mathematics <laughs> So let us Let us be a people of Eucharistic humanity. We don't have Eucharistic culture. Let our culture be Eucharistic. That we can gather. We can forgive and gather. And when we gather, we become so vulnerable, we share our stories. That creates intimacy. And in that intimacy, there is a union. In that union, we love one another. And then we know There is a life beyond this because you can't touch and see and taste and show scientifically love love takes you beyond this world to God because God is love let us learn from Eucharist let us create a Eucharistic culture that our humanity the humanity of Eucharist. Gathering, sharing, breaking, communing, and also serving. Then we will seize heaven on earth. Amen. Amen.